Today is Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday. It's the day that the disciples were in the upper room. It's the day that the promised helper that Jesus said would come, came. It's today. We just had Easter back at the end of the 27th of, is it the 27th, 28th, 28th of March? Whatever that Sunday was. And now we're at Pentecost Sunday when the church really received its mark. Actually, when the church received the power to do what Christ sent them to do. It's about the power. Been talking on this for a couple of weeks. I had something else I wanted to do, but yesterday evening God started dealing with me another way. And so we're going to go this way. We're going to talk about one of the most spirit-filled people in the Bible who wrote a lot of the New Testament. His name is Paul. Paul gave us good instruction, didn't he? And by the way, let's fix that statement I just made. God did it. Jesus did it. The Holy Spirit did it. Because all Scripture is profitable, isn't it? All Scripture is breathed by God. So if Paul, he might have hold the, held the ink pen, but the words came from heaven. And they're good for us, ain't they? Even today, those words are good for us. So I, the Holy Spirit will only testify of Christ. He's not going to lift any man up. He's not going to lift Paul up. No, he's going to lift up Jesus Christ, period. If it ain't about Jesus, he ain't in it. Let me say that again. If it ain't about Jesus, he ain't in it. It can look godly. It can go along the lines of what we want to have. But if it ain't about Jesus, he's being very quiet over in the corner. And as he's long-suffering, he says, I'll teach them. Sometimes we've got to be taught. And that's why we have, thank God, for the books of the Bible, right? So we're going to go to uh, 2 Timothy this morning. Because a lot of churches today, are probably, particularly the Pentecostal churches, and we're one of, will be going to probably the book of Acts when that happens. And they'll be discussing that. They'll be preaching on that. The Lord may lead them there. I like following what God says. I'm not a calendar preacher. If you've been here for five years, you know I'm not really a calendar preacher. I was thinking about going on those lines, but the Lord says, no, I want you to go here. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Trying to get my Bible pulled up too because I'm thinking some more things might come out. But let's, let's, let's talk about Paul for a minute. The Apostle Paul, he was a guy who was persecuting the church. He was the guy that was sending out the, the, the soldiers and the people that were going to all the towns and anywhere there were a bunch of believers gathering in the name of Jesus Christ, teaching the, about what Christ had taught. He was the head guy that was going out to destroy this movement. But he had something to happen to him. And by the way, he wasn't seeking. He wasn't seeking to find out the truth. No, Jesus appeared before him. 
He fell off his horse, saw a bright light, scales came over his eyes, and he says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Why do you, you know, when you persecute Christ, you're persecuting the church. When you persecute the church, you're persecuting Christ because they're one. We are the bride of Christ. And when, when a man leaves his, his mom, a woman leaves her mom and dad, they become one. They become one flesh. So if you're hurting one, you're hurting the other one. We need to get that in our spirits. If I'm hurting one, I'm really hurting Jesus if they belong to him. And so Paul was going out and doing this, but the Lord had another plan. And what he saw, he believed. He believed in Jesus Christ. And therefore, he became one of the best spokespersons for the church. As a matter of fact, he was called to go to the Gentiles instead of the Jews. The Gentiles is any unbeliever. It doesn't matter about your race or your cultural background, where you come from. It's the ones that's not Jews. That's who the Gentiles are. And so that's who he was sent to. He was sent to give this message. And the only way that he could give this message is he had to have the power of the Spirit. Now, you ask yourself this. How many of you would stand up in a stage like this now and teach or tell about Jesus? Don't answer that, but you know where you're at. This guy, he, the only way you can do that is if the Lord is leading you to that place. That's the only way. That's the only way that real truth comes. Now, a lot of people can get up and talk. But if it's real truth, we had a discussion in Sunday school this morning about some issues going on in our nation this past week. Right? Uh, man. And it's time for the church to do something about it and stand up and start telling people about Jesus. When these hearts start changing, then legislature and things like that will change. I'll just leave it at that, okay? If we don't do nothing, then you, you know what? You make a boat with holes in it, and then it's going to get rough when the waters gets rough. And the Lord sent Paul to teach us. We're to teach others. We're to make disciples. Young people, our job is to make you disciples. New converts. Our job is to make you disciples. Others that will proclaim Christianity. And the only way that can happen is by the power of the Spirit. How do I know that? Because all the followers of Jesus on the day he was captured did what? Ran. Now they're back in the same place and now they're teaching about Jesus, the one who was resurrected. The only way that can happen is when the power of the Spirit is upon you. That's the only way you'll stand up for Christ. And so that question I've been asking, not do you have the Holy Spirit, but does he have you? Does he have you? I've got to ask myself, you know, he don't always got us either. He didn't have me in Sunday school this morning because I got a little bit hot under my tie discussing that this morning. And as soon as I did it, I'm like, the Holy Spirit started working on me. He said, that wasn't me. What are you doing, you knucklehead? And so I sat there for the next 20 minutes just beating my, I don't even know what Randy was talking about. And finally he said, make amends, make it right. So I tried to do that this morning in Sunday school. We don't always follow him. Can I get a witness on that? Amen. Oh, but if we will, he'll lead us to where we need to go. And so with that being said, we're going to talk about Paul. This is probably the last letter that Paul wrote. I don't want to get in a theological discussion and debate. Because then we start getting away from truth. 
Did you hear what I said? We start getting away from truth. You didn't fight over when Paul wrote it, what year it was wrote. Was he left-handed or right-handed? Those are points that have absolutely nothing to do with the advancement of the kingdom. But there are books written and people have said in debate over and over and over about such things. But let's read what the Word says. There's nothing hard about it. It says what it says. It means what it says. So Paul, and we know he's telling Timothy who is his, his spiritual son. And he's giving him some pointers about moving forward in ministry. Letting him know some things. And, and so we have scriptures that we memorize, John 3, 16, things like that, that. Those are good, but when you read some of this stuff, you've got to ask yourself, why is this here? We get to see how Paul was led by the Spirit. 2 Timothy 4 and, 15, he, 4 and 5, he's, he's, uh, he's addressing him, letting him know that, you know what, be strong in what you're doing, keep spreading the gospel, Verse 5, but you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, and do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. He's giving him pointers about hanging in there. Do the work that you have been given. Every one of us, folks, has been given an assignment from heaven that's got heavenly rewards, that has heavenly consequences. Everything else is what, hmm, if it ain't going to glorify Jesus, then we need to decide what we're going to do. Everybody here has been given that assignment. And your place is to find out what your assignment is. Maybe it is, hey, you might play softball and you tell people, praise God. That might open a door. You might wear your Jesus t-shirt when you go out. I don't know. But everybody, we have to tell people about Jesus. And the only way that will happen is if the Spirit has you. Not if you got the Spirit. If you're saved, yeah, that's the only way it can happen. Man can't make it happen. Only he can. But does he have you? So he tells him, be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions and do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure is at hand. He's talking about, I'm getting ready to die. My life is about over. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And what he's talking about here is enduring. Have you ever gotten into a low place? Now, this is the Apostle Paul, mind you. This is like Christian of Christians. This guy had it down. This guy, he was out telling about Jesus, and if they was going to kill him, so be it. I'll just die. But while I'm going down, let me tell you, one more last time, come to Jesus. He was that kind of guy. He was sold out to Christ. That's what he says. I fought the good fight. I've been in the towns where they have persecuted me. I've been in the meetings with people where they didn't like what I had to say, but I trusted you, Jesus. I've done all these things, and I have fought the good fight. And I've kept the faith. The faith is, is that Christ is with us. He promised us that he would never leave us nor forsake us. If we got that one thing inside of our spirits, there ain't a thing that we can face that should be able to take us down. But it happens, don't it? Can I get a witness this morning on that? Yeah. We can be up here one minute and the next minute we're down here flying low. Why? Because something happened. 
But what do we do? Do we throw up our hands and say, I give up, I quit? Some people do. Yes. And we had that happen? You ever had that happen in your life? You ever had that happen in church? It gets tough. And when people just leave, they, they quit. Oh, how sad that is. How sad that is. Because he gave us the example. He gave that to Timothy, which he gave to us. It's going to get tough. There's going to be tough times, Linda. But don't give up. That's what he's telling Timothy. There's going to be some hard things coming, but don't stop doing what you've been given to do. Fulfill your ministry. How many of you know you got a ministry this morning? Amen. I don't know what it is, and I can't tell you what it is. That's to find out from him. Maybe it's teaching. I don't know. Maybe it's just being that light that's going to shine where you're at, but every chance you get, follow what the Spirit says and tell somebody about Jesus. Maybe pray for them. Maybe tell them just how much you care for them and that let me pray for you because I can't fix what's going on, but I know the one who can. Or he can at least shed light onto it. Just because we pray doesn't mean God's going to take it away. Sometimes the answer is no. You've got to walk here. Why you got to walk here? Well, the reason you got to walk here is because I'm going to receive glory for it. You know what I mean? Look at Paul's life. Paul went through a bunch of stuff, didn't he? Oh, he went through a bunch of stuff. All for Jesus. And you know what? We're preaching about it this morning. And the Lord is saying, see, thank you for letting me use you. The word's going around. People are hearing. It's making a difference. And so that's what we're to do. Whenever the Spirit leads us, we will follow what he says. In verse 9, be diligent and come to me quickly. And you've got to get the picture in your mind here. Paul's fought a good fight. He's sitting in prison and he's kept the faith, but he's saying, come to me quickly. You know, sometimes we sit at home or we do things and we need the brothers and sisters to come to us and lift us up. I said the brothers and sisters, plural. That means everybody sitting here today. Everybody. Because if you put it on one or two, it might not get done. But he tells him, come to me. Come to me quickly. He's needing that prayer. He's needing that smiling face. He's needing that word of encouragement. He's needing that maybe laying on of hands and praying. You see, the apostle Paul didn't have a problem asking. That's the lesson here. He didn't have the problem of asking his, his spiritual son, I need you to come to me. See, sometimes we sit and we wonder why everybody don't know. Well, everybody don't know because you didn't say nothing. You didn't say, I need you to come to me. You didn't call such and such. You see, the spirit works two ways. And the devil likes to take that kind of stuff and drive wedges. Remember me talking about wedges a few weeks back? That's where he likes to drive the wedges. And so he's telling him, I need you to come to me quickly. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world and has departed for Thessalonica, Crescens for Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia. He had somebody to betray him. You ever had that to happen? Yes. He's, he was with us. He was walking with us. 
He was doing the work we were doing, and now he's done quit. He's left. I don't have any help anymore. I got nobody to help anymore. That's what he's saying. So, Timothy, I need you to come. I'm sitting in jail, and I know my time's near. I don't know when I'm leaving, but I just need a boost. You ever had somebody leave you before and it disappoint you? Don't it hurt? Don't it hurt? When the devil gets a hold and he makes these kinds of things happen? Yeah. Some of you might have been had a wife or a husband that's left or children that's not talking anymore. Whatever it may be, it hurts. And just because they're believers doesn't mean that it ain't going to happen. That's what he's telling them. Expect it. You see, when we walk in this life understanding that there will be those that will disappoint us. There will be those that might even hurt us. There will be those that might let us down. If we walk into it knowing that, then we're not too caught off guard when it happens. Because I'm going to tell you, if it's somebody that's taking breath in their lungs, at some point, they're going to let you down. Amen? It's going to happen. If you don't believe it, just hang out for a while. It's going to happen. Look around you. Look at your neighbor. And look at them. And from this point forward, saying at some point, they may let me down. It might be your husband or wife. It might be your children. It might be your friend that you've known for 50 years. At some point... They might let you down. And they're still believers. He gave us the warning. Why? This is the kind of stuff I'm talking about. This was Holy Spirit led. And Paul put it in the Bible. He wrote it down and it's there for us to have. It ain't comfortable, is it? Ooh, I don't like going there. I don't like hearing this kind of stuff. But it's true. It keeps... Things from happening. When somebody disappoints, just understand it's going to happen. And it's going to happen from everybody, including the guy standing right here. I know I've already done it many times, probably here over the last five years. And if I stick around, it probably ain't going to be the last. I'm not saying that boastfully, but I understand you can't do everything. And sometimes you don't follow the Spirit, just like in Sunday school this morning. So if you understand that now, you can't be so offended. If I understand that now, I can't be so offended. Because he gave us that to say this can happen. He's left me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? They didn't live up to what I wanted them to live up to. They didn't make it to what I wanted them to. But let me tell you something. Only There's only one that will live up to. It's Jesus Christ. He'll never leave you. He'll always be there. He said, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. That was in 1 John 2.15. Do not love the world or the things in this world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. That's not Ken saying it. That's the Bible saying it. What are the things of the world? Well, he says it's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Mm. Those things are not of the Father but of this world. What is the lust of the, lust of the flesh? It's the things we feel. It's the things we like. It's the feel good. Don't we like the feel good? We don't like the feel bad, but we like the feel good. I want to feel good. Oh, I just want to be lifted up. I want to feel great. I want it. I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. That's the lust of the, lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. That's the things we see. That's why all the advertising. 
right? Watching TV, you see to see the advertising, the next thing you know, you're now making a hot dog at midnight. Because they did what they set out to do is to get inside your mind. That's the lust of the eyes, the things that we see. In the pride of life, oh, that's when we get to show them off. Those are the things that are of the world. That's not Ken talking, that's the Bible talking. That's Jesus talking. That's the Holy Spirit speaking. And he says, only Luke is with me. Let's look at Mr. Luke. Who is he? He's the guy that wrote the book of Luke. And he also wrote the book of Acts. So he's been there, and only Luke is with me. You ever had somebody stick to you closer than a friend, closer than a brother, a friend? No matter what you do, they love you. No matter what you do, well, we might butt heads for a minute, but at the end of the day, I love you. And I don't like this rift that's happening between us. That's who he's talking about. Only Luke is with me. Only Luke. You ever had that to happen before? Somebody who you thought was a good close friend? But sometimes a lot of friendships are just about what can you do for me. When it's about what you can do for me, that's the first place that something can come in between of what we just talked about, right? What can you do for me? And if you can't do anymore, then we use words like, oh, you call yourself a Christian? Don't we? Don't we use that? You ever heard that before? Well, I thought believers were supposed to do this, and then we put it out there for everybody to see. Yeah, we put it out there. That's not the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you, that's not the Holy Spirit leading that, is it? It's good and quiet in here, isn't it? Because you know what? He's ministering. And you know what? He's not going to take us to the shouting place until we deserve to be at the shouting place. That ain't going to happen. It's not about Ken. I can lift you up. I can, oh, we can do all kinds of things and get the good words happening and get the right kind of music playing and get emotionally charged and walk out of here the same way we walked in. My prayer today when we came into this church, when I got here at 8.30 this morning, let us leave today, Lord, different than when we came in. Juan, you've been around for a long time, but he ain't done with you yet. He ain't done with me. He ain't done with you yet, Slim. There's more to be done. And only he can do it. You see what I'm talking about? So did the Holy Spirit write this or not? Of course he did. Of course he did. But whenever we have these things to happen, understand not always God that's causing it to happen. You see, we're talking this morning in, in Sunday school about the problems of our nation. And yet, if we had such a coalition of Christians, 
Don't you think we could all get in buses and show up at the Capitol tomorrow? Actually, if there was enough of us and what it says they are and, and who sold out for all this, you know, I don't want to get to that place, but, but we could fill D.C. up and shut it down. But that's not going to make the difference because it's not going to change the hearts of other people. What makes the difference is, is when we show them Jesus Christ and introduce them to him and they get saved and then the word starts getting in them and then their minds change and then they speak up. That's how it changes. So we don't like these things, but we can't be sitting on our, on our hands and doing nothing because it'll get even quieter. Why? We'll be underground one day maybe. I don't know. But what I'm talking about is this. We've got to let the Spirit lead us. Do you agree? Amen. She's shaking her head. That's why I asked her because she was like, yeah. If she'd have been going like this, I wouldn't have said anything. But only Luke is with me. Luke has stuck with me. Through the thick and the thin, no matter what's going on, Luke has hung in there. He's been like Jesus. He wrote about Jesus. He wrote those, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I, those are good words. Oh, he actually said that because he wasn't there. He was writing down what the accounts were that he had, but he wrote it down, and it stuck in him. It stuck in his heart that no matter what, he was with him. It says, bring the cloak that I left at, at Carpus of Troas when you came. And the books, especially the parchments. He left his coat there. And he's in this dark prison, this damp prison. He says, bring my coat, I'm cold. Super spiritual Paul got cold. Of course he did, he had flesh. But look what he said, and bring the books, especially the parchments. This is what is going to give me life. This is what's going to give me strength. And as the Holy Ghost works in my life and starts teaching things to me, it's going to lift me up. But I need you to come too, Timothy. I need you to pray with me. I need to have this fellowship. You see, we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves. That's why we're here this morning. That's why we're building relationships this morning is so that Christ can move in our lives. We confess our faults one to another. We pray for one another. We are there for one another, but the only way that happens is if we are spirit-led. That's the only way it can happen. Prayer in the Word. I told you last week, faith comes by and hearing by. And if there is no, there is no, period. There's no way around it. There's no word, there's no faith. Oh, I don't agree with that, Pastor. No, that's what the Bible says. You can argue it all you want. You can try to change it, but it's not going to change. Your situation ain't going to change. I don't understand why this is all. Well, that's why, because God's trying to tell you. He just told you just now. You see, that's what God does for us. That's the things that he gives to us. He gave us the word, and Paul is letting us know by this, God put it in there, Saying when you get to the low place, you're going to need the words. You're going to need the friends. You're going to need those prayer warriors to hang with you. You're going to need those times to be lifted up when you're in the cold, dark, damp prison. And by the way, you're a believer. By the way, you're probably the, 
most super Christian there is, and yet where's he at? He's in prison, and he didn't stop. He fought the good fight. He kept giving the gospel while he's in prison, shivering cold, and he's still sharing the gospel. But Timothy, pray for me. Timothy, you need to come quickly because I'm, I'm getting weak. Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? Oh, I'm a believer, but I've had some weak days. I'm a pastor. I've had some weak days. Try pastoring and see if the devil don't stand at your doorstep. He's waiting at every turn, at every decision to be made. He's, he's got nooses and snares set up, trying to make something happen. That's what he does, but guess what? I don't give up. Why? Because I am spirit-led. I'm going to stand here and preach as long as I'm allowed to. I'm going to take the gospel out as long as I'm allowed to. I'm going to pray for those that are sick and lay hands on as long as I'm allowed to. Because I know that God Almighty, He's the one that did the calling. Amen. So fight the good fight and keep on going. And the only way that will happen is when we are spirit led. Amen. Because we have the testimonies. God gave us that. Did we have prayer services on Tuesday nights and then started doing them on Sunday nights? I'm not casting stones at nobody. But did he not take us there? Did I bring that to us? And it was like, oh, I don't know. But we see the testimonies today because of what God said. If I was testing the waters, I'd have just backed up and said, absolutely not. But I knew what he gave me in prayer right here. I knew where he was leading us right here. And we have the testimonies. Brother Berkeley just got to go on vacation a year ago. We didn't think he could. His hips are all messed up. He's done had two hip replacements. And now he's up. And you know, he ain't about mowing the yard before long. But he's in church. And he's been able to travel some. That body's breaking down, but it ain't like it was a year ago. Why? Because God showed up. All but the doctors did that. They don't do nothing unless God says so. God says you die today, they can do what they want. They can pump all the medicine they want into your heart, bring out all the electronics, do all the things, and in the end, it don't work. Because if it did, we all know people would be 150 years old because we wouldn't want them to leave. We'll pray. No, God says no, you've got to end. He is the giver of life and the take. He knows when it's happening. And see, when we walk through life knowing that he is in control, it makes it a whole lot easier to sleep at night. It makes it a whole lot easier to take the word and let that truth come in. It makes it a whole lot easier to stand up here as a pastor or in a Sunday school room as a teacher or sitting with a buddy at lunch at, at work and sharing what God has gave. Not everybody's going to get it. Not everybody wants to get it. Jesus didn't win everybody. And it was his spirit. It was his spirit that he's sending back. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Alexander, this is verse 14. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. Oh, you ever had somebody do you any harm? Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. I don't know what he did. The Bible doesn't tell us, but he did me much harm. 
You ever had somebody do you much harm? You ever had one of these things stuck in your back that's got a 75-foot pole on it where you can't see who's got it and they just keep twisting it? That's the kind of work the devil does. Oh, I ain't coming back to that church. That guy's pulling knives out. They stick it in the back. Oh, they don't come and talk face to face. But like, like Matthew 18, 15 says, no, oh no. You see, that's somebody that's not spirit-led. Alexander the Coppersmith, he did me much harm. He didn't have a problem telling him. He wasn't gossiping. He was warning him. Because you've got to look at what he said less. He was warning him. You ever had somebody do that to you? Let me tell you something. When you're spirit-filled, it don't matter. It don't matter. Get ten knives and stick them in my back. Go right ahead because you know who you're fighting against. You're kind of like what Paul, when he got converted, go ahead and stick me if you need to. But I tell you this, maybe, just maybe you'll get saved. Maybe, just maybe the Holy Spirit will come on you and teach you something and let you grow. Amen? Maybe that's my job. We all can say that. You understand what I'm saying? I'm just talking about me. I just don't want to name your names. and I don't want to get in trouble here. You ever had somebody? They did me much harm. The backroom jokers is what I call them. They're doing the devil's deeds, the devil's work. Sowing strife and discord all over the place. Those are, that's what the devil does. That's only him. But when you're spirit-filled, you do what Paul says. What's the next verse say? May the Lord repay him according to his works. He... Now that dirty scoundrel, you better watch out for him and just yeah, just can't never shut up about it. No, he says, but may the Lord take care of it. You see, whenever God has put you in a place, whenever God has called you to witness, your job may come up and say, don't do it anymore. And the Holy Spirit says, do it. What do you do? What do we do? That's what we're supposed to do, follow the Lord, because we either trust him or we don't but I'll lose my job. Well, maybe he's got a better job waiting for you. He just ain't showed you yet. Got to have that step of faith first. So he didn't go and talk. He just only warned him about it. And it's okay to warn people about people. Not as long as it don't become your topic of conversation day in and day out because now the question is, is this from the Spirit or is this from the flesh? And it means everything. The difference is, is who's doing the leading. But God will take care of it. What he says, God, God will take care of it. And I'm going to leave it to him. When you do that, you don't lose sleep at night. When you do that, you don't look over your shoulder because God will take care of it. Amen. That's what he gave him. That's what Paul's given. Do we understand what we're reading here? He's telling us, I'm with you. God's going to be with you. You also must beware of him, for he has greatly resisted our words. What has he greatly resisted? The teaching of the Bible. See, the Bible says what it says. We got a problem with that, don't we, in the church? 
we got a problem with what this word says, don't we? It's because the Holy Spirit hadn't been doing the teaching. Right? He ain't been allowed to teach. Because there's been other agendas other than Jesus being glorified. But he says here, he hasn't. He has resisted our words. At my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. Kind of reminds you of another fellow in the Bible, don't it? There's going to be some times whenever you're following the leading of the Spirit, whenever He's going to lead you to that place, and there ain't going to be nobody going to stand with you. Kind of reminds you of somebody else, don't it? Who's it remind you of? Jesus Christ. At my first defense, the first time they stuck me on trial, there was nobody there. There was nobody standing with me. Nobody. But all forsook me. This reminds you of somebody else, and may it not be charged against them. That's a spirit-filled man or woman right there. They just haven't grown up yet. They're not, though, but still baby Christians. They don't know better. Stephen is getting stoned to death, and he says, "I see the I see the heavens open up, and the Son of Man, the Son of God, on standing at the right, standing at the right." Oh, he's standing, but he was seated. Now he's standing. And what does he do? He asks for forgiveness. They don't know what they're doing. See, when you're spirit filled, you get to see past some of that stuff. That makes you pray more because you're like, "Oh, the devil's just having a field day in their life." Maybe you get to have the conversation. Maybe you don't get to have the conversation. He's got to open the door. But when you're spirit-filled, you get to be able to say words like that. And they ain't just words that you throw out there frivolously. Those are words you actually mean. Because tomorrow, maybe, maybe they've grown up. And we've done forgotten what happened over here. That's what spirit-filled people do. So you can speak in tongues all you want. But if you don't have this kind of love and not have this kind of growth, I'll take the other. I'll take the love and the growth any day. I'll take it any day. I'm not taking away. I understand what I'm telling you. Because there are churches this morning that are preaching against what Acts 2 teaches. And there are churches that are hanging on that this morning. And in about 10 minutes to 12, the musical starts. And it's just like an orchestra. Oh, that's not good in a Pentecostal church, preacher Will. I get up with him. Can you glorify him this morning? Can you glorify him right now where you're sitting? I don't know. Maybe you lift your hands. Maybe you just say, thank you, Jesus. Maybe you clap your hands. I don't know. Can you do that? Do you need me to get you worked up? You need somebody to get you worked up? It's not the Holy Spirit. You need somebody to get your juices flowing? It ain't the Holy Ghost. No, he does this kind of work for us. And if we will worship him in spirit and in truth, then there's going to be some shackles coming off. Those shackles that will come off as we can say, and may it not be laid against him. Go to the next verse, Kenny. Please, thank you. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. 
Let me tell you, you are never, ever alone if you belong to Jesus Christ. Everybody else may scatter, but Jesus Christ will stand right there with you. He'll give you what you need. You follow the leading of the Spirit and let Him do the work that only He can do. Amen. We got to keep Jesus in the middle of it. And in this day and age and the things that we're going to be asked to teach, I'm going to keep on teaching it. I'm going to keep on teaching that it's a man and a woman. I don't know who's sitting in the audience this morning, but let me give you some truth that'll set you free. He made men and he made women. And when you was born, the doctor determined what you was. Not ask you how you felt. He said what you are. And that is how it is. That's what the Word of God says. I'll not apologize for it to anyone. And that is where freedom can come to the United States of America. And all those people that are there. That's where the freedom can come. But it takes spirit-filled people that will share that message. Or are we afraid of losing our dollars if we do? You can't serve both God and money. And folks, that's where we're headed right now. God is starting to do a little separating. He's taking us that to the place so that I, as a man, as an individual, He can test my heart. Why is He doing that? So I'll know where I stand and so I can do something about it with Him. I can go and ask for forgiveness. I can go and ask God to fill me. I can ask God to show me. If any man lacks, lacks wisdom, let him ask. You don't have to beg for wisdom from God. You, all you got to do is ask. You don't have to beg for salvation from God. All you got to do is ask. You don't have to lay in the altar a certain amount of time with your eyes bawling out, confessing everything you've ever done to be saved. Because if you did, it'd be wrote in the Word. That's legalism. You can be riding down the road and get saved. You can be in your bed at night and get saved. Because when the Holy Ghost comes in, He starts convicting. And we've got to start letting Him lead us. Because I'm going to tell you, preacher man here, I struggled this morning in Sunday school. You're the preacher. Why well, you got to get up and apologize? And some people say, what are you apologizing for? Well, I just, that's what the Spirit told me. I, I, that's, why, that's how it has to go, folks. Amen. Praise God. You guys got something you can play for us this morning as we get ready to pray. Praise the Lord. I better put this knife up before I get in trouble. But the Lord stood with me. I don't care where you've at. I don't care where you've been. There ain't nothing you ain't done that God can't set you free from. He knows it all. We like to hide stuff. Don't we? Don't we like to hide stuff? We don't let everybody know. We do that. We like to hide stuff. We're private people. Sometimes the Lord's letting us know, I know what you hide. We, see, we've got to realize and understand He sees everything, knows the thoughts and the intents of every heart. There's nothing hidden from God. And yet He's still pursuing us. I messed up this morning. 
And I said, Lord, forgive me. Can I preach today? Because I want to preach today. But if you don't want me to, I won't. We'll do something else. Whatever you lead us to. He said, I could preach. So I preached. And I hope you got fed this morning. I hope you received something from God this morning. He's got something to give. Let me put it that way. If, you, we, if we don't receive something, then we didn't want it maybe. Maybe there's something we don't understand. Do you realize that you can come to almost anybody in this church and we can talk and we can get down to where the Scripture goes and the Spirit can move and something can happen? A change can happen in your life, in my life? Because we're all still growing. We're being sanctified daily. And the only way that happens is if we're Spirit-led. Amen. Stand to your feet this morning. See, He will lead us in all truth. Have you been fighting the good fight? Have you gotten weak? You know what I'm talking about. The devil said, now don't you call nobody. Because he knows what the power of prayer can do. When we, when we start listening to him, when we open that door for the, for the devil to start talking to us and pulling our chain, making us go where he wants us to go, you notice I'm doing it like a snake, right? When we do that, he'll put anything in our head. And the more we believe, the more we'll follow him. And before you know it, the voice of the Spirit is something we can't distinguish anymore, something we can't hear anymore. And bad things can happen. But can I tell you this? It doesn't matter when it is or what it is. Jesus can set you free today. If you don't know Him as your Lord and Savior, I, I beg you, come forward and receive what He has for you. pray where you're at. I'd just like to know about it so that I can pray for you come tomorrow. So that I can pray for you come 2 o'clock this afternoon. Because if you give your heart to Jesus, the devil will be knocking on the door and tell you, no, nah, I wasn't real. You didn't receive anything. Don't you pursue this. And you're going to need somebody to pray for you. Because that's where he gave us the parable of the sower, right? Some seed will fall on rocky ground and whenever the heat, whenever the trouble comes, It'll start to spread, and then it just fades away. It can't sustain. That's what happens to baby Christians. That's why we as a church have to be spirit-led so that they can grow, so that they can get through. Amen? Fill out your prayer requests. Well, we got 100 people here or something this morning. We should have 100 requests at least in that box. Because somebody, if it ain't nothing more than to say, I praise God for thus and such. We're supposed to give Him glory. Make it known. If you want a closer walk with Him this morning, it can happen. You want Him to lead you. You want to be Spirit-led. You want to be Spirit-led. Then receive. That's it. Ask and receive. You want to be led by the Spirit this morning.
You want to be led by the Spirit tomorrow? Ask and receive. It's that simple. I can come and pray with you. A bunch of people can come pray with you. And that helps. But it's ultimately your choice. It's my choice. So on the day of Pentecost, they believe in what Jesus told them. And the Spirit came into the room as a mighty rushing wind. And what appeared as clothes of tongues of fire came and lighted upon each of them. And they were filled with the Spirit. And they spoke as the Spirit gave them utterance. You see, if we don't believe that word, how will we ever, ever follow what Jesus says? You might be in line at at Walmart tomorrow and somebody don't speak English and the Lord says, go ahead. Go ahead and give them some Spanish. I don't know it. Just let me have your tongue. You understand what I'm talking about? And it could just be that He just needs you to speak English. Let me have your tongue. I want to tell them about Jesus Christ, who I'm here to testify of. Will you let me do it? And we grow into our shells. Oh, but if we would just let the Spirit flow. The truth sets us free. I want to invite you, if you've got something you want to pray about, to come forward this morning. This guy's going to do a song for us, I think. If you know it, sing along. If you just want to sit where you're at and just take in the moment with the Lord. But I ask, please, just give us a few minutes of reverence. A few minutes of reverence to let the Holy Spirit do His work this morning. To let Him do what needs to be done in everybody's life. He can set us free. You know, the devil likes to make us feel guilty about things. He can set us free. Because it don't matter. It's when we come forward. It's when we receive what God has for us. Then we have the testimony. And when we have the testimony, the next time trouble comes, we know how to fight it. Amen? We know how to fight it. And that's how we grow stronger in our faith. Patience and endurance. Yes, sir.